91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Next, 80 years ago, on February 19, 1942, Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066, authorizing the evacuation of Japanese-American people from the West Coast to relocation centers throughout the U.S., As a result, 120,000 people of Japanese descent were incarcerated across the country. This was most of the Japanese-American population. Paul Tomita was sent to Minidoka Relocation Center with his family when he was a toddler. Today, he advocates for the closure of detention centers. He starts by describing his participation in an action at Fort Sill Army Post, where child detainees were proposed to be held by ICE in 2019. Three weeks ago, I joined 24 other people. We went to Oklahoma. We went to the fort. That's where the, the children were going to be put. Plus the fact, during World War II, 700 of our people, our leaders, were put in that same fort. And then prior to that, the Native Americans and Geronimo died there. Apaches were put in there. You notice this pattern? Everybody who was put in there were people of color. I was born in Seattle, Washington, early 1939. Just because we looked like the enemy, Executive Order 9066, the U.S. Army decided that it only applied to us. As I remember, we were at war also with Italy and Germany. There was no detention centers and and definitely no prison camps for them. We fought Germany twice in that century. And there's no prisons for them, only applied to us. Obviously, it's racism. We Japanese Americans, we experienced this in the 40s. Nobody came to our aid. We now are in a position to help. And so it is our responsibility to help those. We don't care who they are, where they come from. If we think that there's injustices being dumped on them, then it is our responsibility, since we have had prior experience in this, that we should help them. And that's why we do. We were given days to, at the most, a couple of weeks, to divest ourselves of all our property our businesses, our homes, even our animals. And what happened was, in April of 42, we were taken to the Puyallup Fairgrounds, and what happens is they put over 7,000 of us from this area into the, the camp. They had set up a camp, they had barbed wire it, they had put guard towers on it, they had searchlights on it, They had army people with machine guns and bullets, and they said, oh, we're we're putting you there for your own protection. Well, if that's the case, how come the guns were pointed at us and not these people who supposedly said were going to hurt us? And when they shut the gate behind us and locked it, we knew we were screwed. For most of the people from this area, who eventually ended up in Minidoka, which is 600 miles from here in South Idaho. What happens there is 60% of them never got out until the war ended three years later. Some were even there longer. The psychological damage that was done to us, I had read that at the least 
PTSD. Everybody had it. Because, see, even though when I went in there, I was three years old, I knew something was wrong. It was the way my parents were acting. It was how everybody else was acting. When we were in the camp, the permanent camp in Minidoka in southern Idaho, they told us when we could get up. They told us when we could go to sleep. They told us when we could eat. If you cause trouble like saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm an American citizen. I was born in Seattle, Washington. Have you ever heard of the U.S. Constitution? What happened to due process? Where do I appeal this? They suspended everything for us. The only way you could get out of Binadoka and the other camps was you had to have a written job offer from an employer. You couldn't say, hey, just let me go and I'll look for work in wherever. If you wanted to continue college, you had to have a written letter of acceptance from that school. The Quakers helped us the most of any group religious or otherwise. And the Quakers have a very long history of helping people anyway. They help the Underground Railroad and all that. They just don't talk the religion. They actually practice the religion. And they were the ones who established, like for instance, those of us that were college students, they contacted the universities and colleges and begged them to take our students. They are the ones who went to Chicago and went to the employers and begged them to give us a job so that we could get out of the camps. We are forever thankful and grateful for them because while they were doing it, other whites were harassing them, were threatening them to kill them, to burn their house down, and all kinds of things. And regardless of that, they helped us the best they could. And so they were our, actually our, our main ally. That's why when the war was over, and we got out of the camps, half went east because the Quakers helped us establish ourselves in places like Detroit, Cleveland, New York, New Jersey, and places like that. They did under threat by the general population. That was Paul Tomita, former incarceree from the forced relocation of people of Japanese descent from the West Coast. He was interviewed by KBCS reporter Gol Hogugi and myself. KBCS Community Radio. I'm Yuko Kodama. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.